everyone. My name is Ariel. Welcome to Historically Haunted. I felt really bad about not being able to get an episode out a couple weeks ago due to all the fires in my area. So I decided that I'm going to post one of my bonus content for you guys. It's definitely shorter. It's a little different than what we usually do on this show, but I thought you guys might like to hear it. It's about James Dean's car and the curse that followed it. So I think it's pretty cool. So why don't you guys go ahead and listen to this episode and I hope you enjoy. And my next episode that I'm working on right now is going to be the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. So I'm super excited to be doing that. Halloween is coming, guys. It's time to ramp up the spooky content. And speaking of spooky, what doesn't sound better than a cursed car? Enjoy, guys. On September 30th, 1955, a car was traveling west in California on U.S. Route 466. The car was a brand new gray Porsche 550 Spider, nicknamed Little Bastard. In the passenger seat was Rolf Worthrick, a Porsche mechanic. Behind the wheel was a young man who was on the fast track to stardom. At 5.55 p.m., a Ford two-door sedan pulled out in front of Little Bastard to make a left-hand turn, and Little Bastard hit the side of the sedan, causing the Porsche to flip end over end three times before it came to a crushing halt on the shoulder of the road. Rolf was ejected from the car and was severely injured but would survive. The driver was not so lucky. He remained inside the car the whole time and suffered a broken neck among other severe injuries. He died on the way to the hospital. The driver of that Porsche 550 Spider was actor James Dean. James Dean had only one movie out at the time of his death, but the fatal accident would go down in the history books as one of the most famous Hollywood deaths of all time. The car would also go down in history for a much darker reason. It seems that the Porsche 550 Spider was cursed, and it would continue to kill and hurt anyone that came in close contact with it until it mysteriously vanished in 1960. Come with me as we go through the timeline of the most cursed car in history. This is usually the part where I say hello to my awesome Patreon members, but I accidentally deleted it and I can't get it back. So I'm sorry about that, you guys. I just keep messing up. But the rest of this episode is still intact, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Other than saying my Patreons are awesome and I love them, this is the part where I just talked really quick about the fires that were in my area and I wanted to just take out the fire section and I totally accidentally deleted this big section and now it's all stuck. So I'm trying to fix it right now. I just wanted to take the fire stuff out because you guys already know because I already told you guys on my other podcast and I didn't want to rehash it. But thank you guys for checking up on me. I really do appreciate it. Thank you all so much. You guys have been too kind. As you guys heard in the intro, I am going to be discussing the curse of James Dean's car in this episode, and it is quite a crazy story, so buckle up, no pun intended.
James Dean was an interesting man. Dying so young at only age 24, he did a lot in a short time. Born on February 8, 1931 in Marion, Indiana, Dean was an only child to Mildred and Winton Dean. When Dean turned six years old, his family moved out to Santa Monica, California when his father became a dental technician. At age nine, Dean lost his mother to uterine cancer and his father was unable to care for him, so he sent him back to Fairmount, Indiana to live with his aunt and uncle. On a sad note, he once confided in a friend, actress Elizabeth Taylor, that he was sexually abused by a church pastor after his mother's death. Regardless of this, Dean was popular in high school. He played on the baseball and basketball teams. He studied drama at Fairmount High. He graduated in 1949 and then moved back to California to live with his father and new stepmother while he attended Santa Monica College, where he majored in pre-law. He then transferred to UCLA and changed his major to drama, and this caused his father and him to have quite a falling out. But Dean was not discouraged. He dropped out of UCLA to pursue his acting career. His first acting gig was a Pepsi-Cola commercial. After this, he got a few walk-on roles, but he was still struggling to get any solid acting jobs. He worked as a parking lot attendant at CBS Studios, and he made friends with Roger Braskett, who was a radio director for an advertising agency. After Dean moved to New York City to work on a few productions, he started to find many small roles to add to his ever-growing acting resume. He was able to get into the actor's studio to study method acting. All of his work finally paid off when he was selected to play the role of Carl Trask in a movie called East of Eden. This was Dean's big break, and fans across America fell in love with him. Dean had finished filming Rebel Without a Cause, and it was in post-production. He was also cast in a movie called Giant that was still filming at the time, but Dean had just finished his final scene right before his death. Dean's fascination with racing has always been in the back of his mind, but it was not until 1954 when Dean purchased many top-of-the-line race cars with his paycheck from East of Eden that he began to pursue a career in racing as well. He competed his first professional race, which was held in Palm Springs on March 26th and 27th in 1955. He won first place in the novice class. Dean liked to live life in the fast lane, and he was never really afraid of death. He actually had very macabre way of thinking about death. Dean was very good friends with Myla Nurmi, and she was a model who was very ahead of her time. Famous for the Vampira TV show, she was also a model and the idea for Morticia in the Addams Family cartoon. According to the gossip columns of the day, Dean said something rude about her when a reporter asked Dean if he was dating Myla. He allegedly said, I don't date cartoons, and according to the tabloids, this angered her. Nermi allegedly told her friends that James would be dead soon anyway. The tabloids even claimed that she cursed Dean with her black magic. But I think this is just a case of a strong woman who was weird and different, so of course you'd go with the you-must-be-an-evil-witch card. Regardless if Nermi cursed Dean or not, Dean did die in a famous car crash. His last race was on Memorial Day 1955, and he wanted to compete in the Indianapolis 500. But due to his busy work schedule with filming, he could not make it to the race. Warner Brothers even made him give up racing until he was done filming the movie Giant. Immediately after he was done filming his scenes, he wanted to race again. He picked the Salinas Road Race that was happening on October 1st and 2nd, 1955. He also traded in his old race cars to purchase a brand new 1955 Porsche 550 Spider, and he picked the race number 103, and he named it Little Bastard. He brought the car to show it off to his friends, and that is when the warning signs that something was wrong with this car began. First, when he excitedly tried to show off his new car to everyone around him, they had a very strange feeling. His girlfriend Ursula Andrus said that the car gave off a bad vibe and she refused to even get in it. Other friends around him even said that the car gave off a dangerous vibe. 
One week before Dean's death, actor Sir Alec Guinness, who would later become famous for playing Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Star Wars franchise, was visiting California for the first time. He was driving around LA trying to find a restaurant that would let in his female friend because, well, she was wearing pants. Scandalous back then. <laughs> Anyways, they were trying to find a restaurant that would allow her to wear pants inside, and they were about to give up when they went to one more restaurant, and they found that the restaurant would let them in, but they had no tables left. James Dean was at the restaurant, and he overheard their dilemma. Dean asked the couple to come join him at his table, but first he wanted them to go outside to the courtyard to look at his brand new car. So they all went outside to look at it, and Guinness said the car looked evil. He had a bad feeling just by looking at it. And then he said he did not know what made him say this, but he turned to Dean, looked at him, and said in a voice that he did not recognize as his own, Please never get in it. If you get in that car, you will be found dead in it by this time next week. Dean did not take it seriously and laughed it off, but one week later to the day was when he got into his fatal accident. James Dean died at only age 24 in that horrible wreck that I mentioned in the intro. He was going way over the speed limit when he hit that Ford two-door sedan. Dean had only one movie out at the time of his death, but he had filmed two other movies and they were both in post-production. Rebel Without a Cause came out one month after his death, and it was the most famous movie of the age. It resonated with the teenagers at the time, and the fact that James Dean died in a car accident was romanticized as the American teenage life. However, the story of Little Bastard did not end with James Dean's death. And now we begin the legend of the Little Bastard. Full disclosure, a lot of this is alleged. I don't think there's any true proof behind many of these stories, but Astonishing Legends did an amazing, like, three or four-parter in-depth episode about James Dean's car, and... They found a lot of this actually to be true, so it's very creepy. They do a lot of research. They call people. They talk to people on the phone. They email people that have real, true source material. So I don't have any of that behind me, but I'm just going by what the legend is and then what Astonishing Legends kind of found out is actually true. A lot of this is surprisingly true, so it just makes this whole car curse so much more fascinating. All right, so we get into the legend of the car. Porsche parts were hard to come by, and the wreckage was bought by William F. Estridge. And also, how morbid is that? So James Dean's body is like just had left the scene, and some guy comes in and is like, I'll buy all the smashed bits of that car. I just find that very interesting. Rich people really just care about money, don't they? As men were loading the car onto the transport trailer, the car had suddenly slipped off of the trailer and crushed a mechanic's leg. Estridge was able to salvage some parts from the car and use them in other racing cars. He then gave the remains of the car to George Barris. Barris is famous for making cars for Hollywood like the Munster's Casket Dragster and later on the 1966 Batmobile. Barris began to showcase the car for events calling the exhibit James Dean's Last Sports Car. The parts that were salvaged from the original Little Bastard were used in Troy McHenry and William Estridge's racing cars. They were racing against each other when Henry lost control of his car and slammed into a tree, killing him instantly. Estridge was driving the car around a track when his wheels locked up and suddenly caused his car to roll over, seriously injuring him. He did not die, but after the incident, he decided to sell the two tires from Little Bastard that were in his garage. After he sold them, the person who had bought the tires had both tires blow out on him, causing him to run off the road. After George Barris was using the car for his own exhibits, he decided to lend it to the California Highway Patrol so that they could use it as a driving safety exhibit. 
While the car was parked in a garage waiting for its first exhibit, the garage mysteriously caught fire, but amazingly, the car was unharmed. After this incident, Little Bastard was sent to its next exhibit where the car somehow managed to fall off the trailer it was on and broke the hip of a teenage boy. After this incident, a man named George Barracks was hauling the car to its next exhibit when he got into a car accident, causing him to be ejected from his vehicle. He was laying down in the road next to the trailer when the car suddenly fell off the trailer and crushed him to death. After so many strange accidents, the car was mysteriously stolen on its way back to LA from its final exhibit. People have been searching for the car ever since. Many theories have been made about what happened to Little Bastard. Some think that the owner, George Barris, was so upset due to how much death and accidents that the car seemed to cause, and he arranged to have it stolen so that it could remain hidden to save people from the curse. Others believe that a rich collector stole it and has it hiding somewhere in one of those black market artifacts museums. And still some think that the car decided to leave on its own accord. Many replicas have been made and many people have claimed to know exactly where the car is, but every time they look into it, it's proven that it's a fraud. While we may never know the truth of what happened to Little Bastard, one thing is for certain. The legend of this car is famous and people have spent years trying to track down the history to see if there's any truth to the legend of the curse. Little Bastard's wreckage might never have been found, but it'll still go down in the history books as one of the most compelling haunted cars of all time. you guys enjoyed this episode of James Dean's Cursed Car. I know it was a lot of fun to research. While we may never know the truth behind a lot of the things I read, it's still very compelling and it's a cool idea. And while we may never know if all that is completely true, the one thing still remains. The car is missing and no one knows where it is. And I find that so compelling. Does anyone else think it's in one of those like very Indiana Jones style, like black market dealership kind of places where somebody knows where it is and they have it in their private collection and they just aren't going to give it to anybody else? I think that happens to a lot of artifacts. I think there's a lot more out there that people just are rude. Like they just hide it from everybody else. But I'm always with Indiana Jones on this when he says it belongs in a museum. I think it truly does. I think everyone should be able to see all kinds of cool ancient artifacts and newer artifacts like James Dean's car. Anyway, I had a lot of fun making this episode. I hope you guys liked it. Bear with me. I've got fires, like I said in the intro. And while I was filming this, they're now calling for more evacuations in my area. Uh, so um, I'm going to wrap this up, put away my microphone again, just in case I have to get out of here. So I hope you guys stay safe, stay healthy. As always, I will see you guys next time on Historically Haunted. And as always, I love you guys, my special Patreons. Thank you all so much. I'll see you guys back here when I can. Bye. <laughs>